What is up, listeners of the world? My name is Jalen Tully, and welcome to J Talks. up you guys as i'm sure you already know my name is jalen tully but if you don't know then hi my name is jalen tully and you're listening to j talks the podcast where we have uncomfortable conversations that are meant to facilitate personal and societal growth this week i'm going to be honest with you guys it's going to be a little bit of a free-for-all i'm just going to talk about a couple different topics subjects that i kind of have wanted to talk about for a while that i just want to have fun with and you know just talk for the sake of talking because you know this is a podcast but um, yeah, this week I'm going to, as I'm sure you can infer by the title of this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about black hair. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about how white people should and should not interact and react to black hair. Because I think I think all white people need a little bit of a lesson in basic facts about black hair and therefore how to interact with black hair and how to interact with black people when it comes to that talking to them about their hair. Because, for, you know, for black people, it, it's just their hair. For black people, they have to live with this every single day. But as, as a white person, as someone who's not used to seeing curly or textured hair, I, I understand how it can be a little bit, how it can be a little, a little crazy to see hair that literally, you know, defies gravity and coils and has a completely different texture than your own. But I'm here to answer some of your questions. I'm here to tell you guys to stop doing some of the shit that you do when it comes to interacting with black girls and their hair. And I also want to talk to you guys about cultural appropriation today, specifically when it comes to black hairstyles. Specifically, I want to talk about my experiences with my hair and what people have done, what people have said that have been really offensive and things that I don't like when people do. And a lot of the time, I don't think white people even realize they're being offensive by some of the things they're saying or doing. So again, this is an area where you can educate yourself, where you can educate your family, your friends about how to interact with black people, specifically black women, when it comes to talking to them about their hair. Um, I, I really want to focus on the fact that I have been subjected to different treatment and conversations based on my hair and how I'm wearing it. I want to say very, very clearly now, I just want to get this out of the way now, that I mostly wear my hair in box braids or protective styles. Um, I've worn wigs, I've worn twists, but mostly I wear box braids. Box braids are like, you know, my, my thing. I feel like all black girls have like a, a specific th way that they wear their hair, a specific thing that they do with their hair, especially when it comes to protective styles. And for me personally, box braids are easy for me. I love the way they look. I love the way they feel. I love how easy they are to maintain, how easy they are to take care of. Um, they make my hair healthier. So overall, like box braids are just my thing. But between protective styles, obviously it wouldn't be feasible and it wouldn't be healthy for my head or my scalp to wear, you know, box braids back to back. So I do tend to have my natural hair down and out and natural for one to two weeks between styles. And I also want to note that I have type 4 hair. I am mixed. I My mom's white, my dad's black, but I don't have like mixed hair. I, I, you know, I feel like that's like a phenomenon where like, you know, you have like the loose like type 2 or type 3 curls. I don't have that. I, ha I do not have mixed hair. I have type 4 hair. I have coily, coarse, very nappy, very tightly curled, very dense hair. I, do I don't have a lot of hair. I don't have very thick hair. I don't have like a bit like an afro like once I straighten my hair you see how little hair I actually have 
but because it's so coarse and curly and textured, it looks like I have a lot. Like I have type four hair. Um, and if you don't understand what type four hair is, it's like, it's the curliest hair that you can have. So like the curliest type of hair you can have is like type four C hair. I personally have probably anywhere from three C to four B type hair. Like most of it, most of it's type four though. So as you could tell, I, I have pretty curly hair and I, I, I feel like this is important information to bring up and, and an important piece of information to include because regardless of how I wear my hair, I still uh, probably deal with close to the same amount of attention with both styles, whether I have my hair in a protective style or whether I have it natural. But because I have my hair braided more often and tend to do like some some more out there colors, like right now I have red hair with platinum blonde accents. So like I so my hair's braided right now, my hair's in box braids right now, and I have all of my hair is completely red. Like all of my box braids are completely red, and then like I have like maybe a dozen individual platinum blonde braids in my head. So like that's a pretty out there style, and I know that. But because I, I do colors like that and because I do styles that are a little bit more out there, that does subject me to, you know, stares, more comments, more, you know, things that people say, you know, people are feel more comfortable coming up to me and commenting on my hair or my appearance because of that. And just because I'm aware that that subjects me to more of that does not make it okay. I just want to point that out. But I did just want to get all of that out of the way because I think it is, as I start talking more, I think that'll put it into perspective of like how much I deal with this and how it doesn't really matter how I wear my hair. It doesn't really matter how I wear the hair that grows out of my head. It's like, I, it's all, I'm always going to be treated differently because of it type of thing. Like that's the point that I wanted to make with all of that. But now that we're getting into like the actual meat of this episode, I just want to say that personally, I think white people commenting on my hair is probably one of the most obnoxious things that I deal with on a daily basis, and it takes up way more of my time than it probably should, especially living in a state that's 94% white. And yes, you heard that right, 94% Caucasian. I live in a state that is 94% white. Yeah, it, it's it's really fun, as I'm sure you could infer, but um, um, it's it's... And it's not so much the the fact that people come up to me and comment on my hair or, you know, quote, I'm going to put this in quotes, compliment. I'm going to put compliments in quotes because nine times out of ten, it's like backhanded compliments that don't actually, that aren't actually nice. But um, it, it's more so the type of comments and questions and interactions and when they happen that bother me. Like, for example, 90% of the time that people comment on my hair, it's when I'm trying to work. I don't want to have a five-minute conversation about you not understanding black hair and you trying to figure out what I am and, you know, I, I don't want to spend five minutes of you trying to novelize me as this, you know, cool black person when I have other shit that I need to be doing, when I have other people that I need to attend to, when I'm literally trying to work, you know what I mean? Like, that setting alone... It doesn't matter if you're trying to be nice. It doesn't matter if you're not saying anything offensive. That setting alone, like, you know I'm working. I'm an employee right now. I'm not, you know, a person who's on the street. I'm not in my free time. Even if I was in my free time, it would still be annoying. But the fact that I'm in a, a work setting and I'm trying to, like, get stuff done and you're sitting here just seeing me as an outlet for your own ignorance is that is disrespectful to me. Like, like I said, take race, take hair, take everything else out of the factor, the fact that I'm a person at work and you're wasting my time with that, that's annoying to me. And I think anyone would feel that way. I think, like I said, take race out of it, take hair out of it, like take all of those other aspects out of it. And I think anyone who would, who would be subjected to dumbass questions while they're trying to work, I think anyone would be annoyed with that. And like, I'm not, like, I'm not going to apologize for being annoyed with that because it is annoying. 
Um, so like that's an example of like why I find it so annoying because like I said, 90% of the time that I deal with this is when I'm in a work setting and when I'm trying to work or when I'm trying to get stuff done or when I'm like outwardly like you could see that I'm trying to like do something else. So first I want to break it up into like the w the questions and comments and interactions that I have when I have braids and then the questions and comments and interactions that I have when I wear when I wear my natural hair. So first, when when it comes to my braids, of course the of course, you know, I deal with the, oh, that's so pretty. Oh, I love your hair. Oh, that's so cool. Like, you know, like your basic stuff. Um, even though like that alone, like even like even some of the compliments, like even some of the quote unquote positive things that people say to me can like, like I like I can get annoyed with those because like if you're calling my hair like cool or like, you know what I mean? Like to me, it's just how I wear my hair. To me, it's just what I do to protect my hair. It's just what I do to make my hair more manageable and, you know, easier to deal with and easier to do every single day. Like, it's not something I do to be cool. It's something I do because in, in some ways I have to, because in some ways it would not be feasible for me to wear my natural hair every single day. And in some ways it's it's healthier for my natural hair. It protects my natural hair. Like, it, I don't do it to be cool. I don't do it to appease the white folk in my town. I do it because it's my hair and it's what I have to do to take care of it. But, you know, that aside... One of the most probably common questions I have asked me is, oh my gosh, how long did that take? And this one's annoying because this can be solved with a Google search. You can literally look up how long does it take to get box braids and you can come up with a definitive answer in a half of a second. And especially, like I said, when I'm in a work setting, when I'm trying to work, I don't want to, I don't want to have to answer those goddamn questions. Like I've said it so many times, I'm not here to walk people through or hold their hands through their ignorance. I don't exist on this earth as someone who is just an outlet for other people's ignorance. I don't exist on this earth as an encyclopedia. I don't exist on this earth as a Google search bar. I'm a human being. I'm not like, like you can look that up on your own. You can figure that out on your own. The fact that you're asking me and you're not like, oh, that's a really cool style. I wonder how long that would take. Let me look it up on my own time. Like the fact that you're not thinking that and you're not having the ability to be that introspective to yourself proves that you don't actually care. You just see me as a novelty, which is like, that's the most pertinent point I want to make because I know, I know there are going to be white people and I know there might even be other black people who are like, oh, it's not that deep. They're not meaning to offend you. But it's like, it, and I'll make a, I'll make a more pertinent point at the end of this entire segment. Like there's an overarching point that I want to make that I'll get to. But the smaller, more intricate, like disrespectful nature of these questions is the fact that these people see me as a novelty. They see me as something exotic. They see me as something different. They see me as something that they don't interact with very often and they want to take advantage of that. And like that's, that's what doesn't sit right with me is like, like I said, they're reducing me to my blackness. They're reducing to me to my novelty and like how they see me overall. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. But like, I'm, I'm not gonna like reiterate that point too, too much because it's like, that that's the point of like everything that I'm trying to get at behind this. But I just want to say it once and I just want to say like in that way, I hope that makes sense. Like it's not... I know, I know they're not trying to be disrespectful. I know people aren't trying to necessarily offend me, but it's the fact that they see me as like, like I said, this exotic, this novel thing that they don't really interact with very often. So they're like, you know, in awe. Like it's not, that's not a compliment. It's not a compliment to see my blackness as, you know, something you can ogle at in a zoo. I'm, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to feel complimented by that. 
wow I just got really off topic right now um but the next one that I get is like is that your real hair and and or do you, did you dye that do you dye that especially when I get like colors and stuff like that um this one I feel like is really rude because like you don't go up to like like you won't you wouldn't go up to like a random white woman who has really long hair or who has like a, a specific type of hairstyle and be like oh my god is this your real hair like the like I feel like like I feel like that's a little bit of a microaggression and maybe I'm just looking too deep into this but the fact that I like I said you wouldn't go up to a white girl with super long hair you wouldn't go up to someone else with you know a, a more European centric hairstyle and ask that question like it's only really reserved for, for black girls when they're wearing wigs or when they have braids in like I just like I said I think there's like a deeper micro microaggression there that I that people don't really recognize or people don't want to recognize with either one which whichever's going on this one this one is probably a close second to the most annoying um, thing that people do when they interact with me about my hair. And that's when I get like the middle-aged white women who come up to me and they're like, I remember when I had braids like those. I was in, insert some Caribbean country or island that they probably got their hair braided in. I remember when I was in the Dominican. I remember when I was in Jamaica. I re or they don't even have to leave the country. They can just like be like, oh, I remember when I went to Miami or Fort Myers Beach and I got my hair braided. Oh my gosh, like I need to go get it done again. That I love your hair. It looks so good. Like I'm sorry, Jessica, but I I'm working right now, and I even if I wasn't working, I don't want to hear about the time that you committed cultural appropriation and how excited you are to commit it again. Like that's that's not what seems like a good time to me. That's not the type of conversation that I want to engage in. I can't even think of a situation where like I would do that to someone, or like I could do that to someone. Like I couldn't like I couldn't imagine like. You know what? You know what it's kind of like. Even though this is like completely not the same thing, but this is like the closest example I could think of is if I broke my leg and I go up to someone who's wheelchair bound and I'm like, I remember that time when I had to wear crutches. It was awful. I hated it. It was so terrible. So like, I definitely know how you feel. Like, it's kind of like, like, it's that same kind of idea because it's like, no, you, you don't understand. You never have understood. You don't need box braids to maintain your hair. You don't need box braids to protect your hair. You don't need braids or cornrows or, you know, protective styles to to protect or maintain your hair not only that but there's no cultural significance to you so like I don't know if that made sense I don't know if that example was like offensive or if it made sense but that's like the closest example that I could think of of like an instance where that would where that would like pertain to another circumstance I never have understood people coming up to me and being like, I remember when I had my hair braided. It's like, okay, good for you. I, I, I don't care. Like I, like even, even other black girls, even other black girls, I've never had another black girl come up to me or I've never gone up to a black girl and been like, I remember when I had my hair braided because it's so normal in our communities that like, we don't ogle at each other over how we keep our hair because we understand that it's what we need to do to maintain our hair. Like, that's the type of novelty that I mean, because all of these questions, all of these questions that people ask me, all of these comments that people throw at me, I have never had them asked to me by another black person. I have never had them asked to me or said to me. I've never had to deal with the interactions that I've had to deal with with white people, with other black people. 
and I think that's also a part of why it's so annoying is because I know it's not normal. <laughs> like I like I like I can sit in my black communities and I can sit in a room with mostly black people and never have to worry about me being touched without my permission or me being asked, you know, microaggressive questions or, you know, me being given, you know, given backhanded compliments. Like I never have to worry about that when it comes to my hair. I can just wear my hair and not have to worry that I'll be looked at or subjected to different treatment because of my hair. And so like that's part of also why it bothers me so much when white people do it is because it's not something that's prevalent in black communities. It's not something that's normalized in black communities is to like bother other people or ask other black people about their hair. And so like I said, I think that's part of the reason as to why it bothers me so much and why it like why it's such an annoyance to me and why it truly does get under my skin so much. I just touched on this last one, but the last one I wanted to say was, oh my god, this is probably the most annoying one that happens. Like, this is easily the most annoying thing that happens to me when it comes to my hair. But when people just straight up touch me, most of the time they don't even ask either. I mean, like, if they asked, I would say no, but, <laughs> but, um, like, people don't even ask. They're just like, oh, it's so pretty, and then they'll just run their hands down my hair, or, like, they'll just pick up a chunk in their fist and, like, just, like, swing my head over to the side. Like, I have gotten to the point now that I'm an adult and now that, like, especially with COVID and the whole pandemic and everything, I've gotten to the point where, like, I'm okay being rude to people about it, and I will, I will either, like, like, most of the time I'll, like, move away from people before they have the chance to touch me, and, like, then they'll get the hint. Most people will be like, oh, okay, sorry, like, <laughs> goddamn. But honestly, most people, after, like, I move away, will get the fact that, like, oh, shit, I went to go touch this person without their permission. I don't know this person. This is a stranger. Like, okay, maybe I should have asked. But honestly, like, some people will continue to try and be like, oh, why can't I touch it? Why can't I feel it? And I'm like, and like I said, I've gotten, like, I've gotten to the point where I'm rude. Like, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, because this isn't a petting zoo. Like, I'm a human being. Like, what makes you think you have the right, and this is my favorite thing to say to people, and they have, like, they are completely, like, at a loss for words whenever I say this. But if people will give me attitude as to, like, why they can't touch my hair or, like, try and touch my hair after I've, like, clearly showed them that, like, I don't want them to, I will straight up look them dead in the eye and ask them, what makes you think it's okay to touch people without their permission? And people get so embarrassed because you're an adult, you're like, nine times out of ten, it's, like, middle-aged women. It's nine times out of ten, it's, like, women anywhere from the age of, like, 40 to 75. And, like, they get embarrassed or they'll get rude. And, and if, in, in that case, I'm like, you know what, you're obvious, you obviously have no social skills, so I really don't care what you think about me. But like I said, most of the time they get embarrassed and they'll be like, oh, sorry, I, I, oh, so I, I didn't mean to, sorry. And, and I'm like, whatever, like, just leave me alone. But like, I just, like, that is, that is so rude to me. That is so like, what, like I said, what makes you think it's okay to touch people without their permission? What make like this this can be related to sexual harassment. This can be related to the power to the gender power dynamics that we have in our society between men and women. This can be related to so many things. But the overarching point is like do not touch strangers. <laughs> do not touch strangers without their permission. Do not touch strangers if you do not have a connection with them. Do not touch strangers if you do not have their consent and their knowledge that you are going to touch them. Do not touch strangers because you think they're cool to look at or because they have something that you want to, they have something on their body that you want to touch. Are you five years old? Why do you not have control over your extremities and who you can and can't keep your hands off of? Like that is just, it is mind boggling to me. 
And here's another quick lesson in black hair. Black hair is very, very dry. Black hair does not have the same amount of moisture and oil in our hair naturally that white hair has or that straight hair has. That's why black people only wash their hair once a week, whereas, you know, white people have to wash their hair close to every single day in order to prevent the oil buildup. Black people don't have that oil buildup. Our hair is very coarse. Our hair is very dry. But after black hair is styled for the day, if it gets overly touched, it will get frizzy. It will dry out. It will break off. Like, touching black hair after it's styled can literally cause damage to that person's hair. So even though I think it's like a joke for white people in society to be like, oh, don't touch a black girl's hair, if you touch a black girl's hair, you can literally cause damage to the hair and the hair shaft. So this isn't even like a, oh, black women are just pretentious about their hair. Black women are just so uptight about their hair. This is literally us knowing that if you touch our hair, if you put your oil, the oils from your hands and the grossness from your hands onto our hair and you dry out our hair, it will literally break off and get damaged. <laughs> like... Not to mention, especially now in the age of COVID and the age of the pandemic, I don't want your dirty ass hands anywhere near my head. Like, keep your hands to yourself, goddamn. But yeah, those are pretty much like the biggest ones for braids that I wanted to go through. Like I said, I, I, I have braids much more often than I wear my natural hair. So just with that fact alone, I'm naturally subjected to, you know, more more microaggressions, more interactions with braids than I have with my natural hair. But don't get me wrong, my the interactions that I have with my natural hair are almost just as bad, if not worse, than the interactions I have with braids, which is what I'm going to go into right now. Um, I get a lot of backhanded comments. I feel like a lot of black women do, but I get a lot of backhanded compliments when it comes to my natural hair, especially when I wear it down or especially when I wear it where you can like actually see the curl pattern. Um, uh, like a lot of the, a lot of keywords that people use, white people use to describe black hair that are, that are, that I consider to be microaggressions, that a lot of black women consider to be microaggressions is like, oh, your hair's so wild. Wild is a word. Crazy, frizzy, big, like all of those words, those are offensive. <laughs> I think it's crazy that I have to explain this to people, but those are not complimentary words. Um, you would not compliment someone by calling them wild. You would not compliment someone by calling them crazy. You would not compliment someone's hair by calling them frizzy. And nine times out of ten, frizzy is a word that people use to describe their hair in a negative way. So it's like, those are the types of things, like again, that, like that's very microaggressive to me. Are those types of comments, are those type, those keywords specifically? Because it's like, those aren't compliments. You are looking for a way to describe something that you don't understand. You're looking for a way to describe something that you see as exotic, that you see as novel. And the, the most accurate descriptive words that you could come up with were words that are predominantly used in a negative context. That's not something I'm going to take, I'm, that's not something I'm going to take as a compliment. And nine times out of ten, like I said, especially as I've gotten older, I've learned to not accept those as compliments. I've been like, oh, cool. Like, could you come up with anything nicer to say about my hair? Like, other than calling it crazy and wild? Like, that's, like, it's not, I just, I don't understand how people think that those are compliments. I don't understand how people think that those are nice things to say to someone, especially about their hair. And granted, I understand that, like, you know, white people sit in a place of privilege. They don't understand these microaggressions and they don't have to deal with them and internalize them the same way that black people do. But I'm telling you right now that if you call a black person's hair wild, crazy, frizzy, big, etc., 
you're not complimenting them. They're probably going to be offended by that. They're probably going to go and hang out with their other black, black friends and talk mad shit about you. I'm just giving you that warning now because those, those are not complimentary words. <laughs> those are not words that you use when you're trying to show someone how how attractive you think they are, how nice you think they look. Those are, you know, those, and more than anything, those are professional words, which I think is especially the disconnect that we've had recently with the disconnect between like black hair and the work environment is like black hair already isn't seen as professional. Black women are already having to, you know, you know, relax their hair or straighten their hair every single day in order to just exist in a professional environment, in order to just exist in, you know, the workforce as it is. So using those words to describe someone's natural hair, the way it grows out of their goddamn head, again, you are just further indoctrinating into the into the head of black people and into the head of everyone else into society that black hair is unprofessional. Black hair is not worthy of being in a professional setting. And more than anything, black hair is not desirable. And like, we don't need any more of that in, in our society. We don't need any more of that in our American society. So I'm just telling you right now, if you're trying to use those words as a way to compliment black women, you are doing more harm than good. And I would strongly advise you against doing that. This is also another one that I deal with a lot, but people who come up to me and go, oh my god, I love your hair. I feel like it looks so pretty straight. You should try straightening it. And I feel like this is another very important point to state as well. I have not straightened my hair in well over a year and about a year and a half. I have no intention of ever straightening my hair again. I have no want. I have no desire. I have no need to straighten my hair. And this is absolutely no hate against black women who do. Again, I like I said just in the segment before now, black women straightening their hair, black women relaxing their hair, that is a form of assimilation. That is a form of, you know, having to comply with and adapt to the overwhelmingly Eurocentric society and beauty standards that we have to adapt to and live in. So I, I, again, I will never disrespect a black woman who straightens her hair, especially because nine times out of 10, she has to in order to get or keep a job, which I think is disgusting in and of itself. But for me personally, I do not straighten my hair. I have no desire to straighten my hair. I have no want to straighten my hair. Quite frankly, it takes a really long time. I don't really, I don't really want to spend that time straightening my hair. I don't want to take the, I'd rather just go and get box braids that take the same amount of time if I'm going to do something that makes my hair easier and, you know, easier to manage and more, more pliable. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go through that effort of straightening my hair when I could just go and get box braids. Um, but more than anything, you know, it's really unhealthy for my hair because my hair is so coily. Not only does it take a long time to straighten my hair, but the process is also much more damaging on my hair. So again, you know, for me personally, I just don't straighten my hair. That's not something I do. But especially with that being said, and when people say that to me, specifically white people say that to me, I'm like, I, what, how is that? How do you think that's a compliment? <laughs> how do you think that's a compliment by telling me I'd look better with a different hair type than the hair type that naturally grows out of my head? Like, this is how my hair grows. This is just how it comes out of my head. It, it, it spirals and curls and coils this way when it grows out of my scalp. Who are you to tell me that I'd look more attractive if it grew differently? It's not like I can change that. And if I did want to change that, I'd like I said, I'd have to go through hours of work and I'd have to go through hours of just straight heat damaging my hair. I'm not doing that. Like, the, again... White people, even if you've said this with the most pure intentions, even if you've said this thinking it was a compliment, it's not. And not only is it not a compliment, but you're also 
doing like irreversible damage to black women's self-esteem, especially when it comes to their hair. Black women already have such a toxic relationship with their hair living in the society that we live in that does not accept or expects women to change their hair in order to better adapt to the society around them. And because of that, like I said, black women already have extremely toxic relationships with their hair that some black women never grow out of and that some black women never are able to compartmentalize and, you know, adapt and change from. So by saying that, you are further solidifying the point in black women's head that like you will never be respected, you will never be desired, you will never be seen as worthy with your natural hair. And that's why, you know, we need to braid it, we need to perm it, we need to relax it, we need to straighten it, we need to put it in a wig, we need to do a sew-in. Like we have to do all these things and jump through all of these hoops in order to be seen just as like a bare minimum, like someone who's attractive, someone who's desirable, someone who's worthy of being hired for a job, like to do all of this with our natural hair when white people can just run a rush through it and walk out into the, into, you know, the public eye and not have to worry about it. You are speaking from an extreme place of privilege when you tell someone that they'd look better with their hair straightened and you are speaking from an extreme place of ignorance when you do that as well. So again, like you are doing damage to not only a black woman's self-esteem, but also her relationship with her hair and in general, you are further solidifying the ideals of assimilation and adaptation that black people have to already go through in our white society. So again, if you didn't know that was damaging, I'm here to tell you right now, it very much is and you should probably stop saying that as well. And lastly, this is the same as the braids, but like when people just straight up touch me, like I've already gone through all the points, you're damaging black women's hair, you are making it more frizzy, you are making, you're ruining the style, like all of that shit. Don't touch black women's hair. Don't touch people's hair. Actually, you know what? Let's not even make this about race. Don't touch people's hair in general. Don't touch people in general. Don't touch strangers. I don't care how pretty you think they are. I don't care how exotic you think they look. I don't care how much of a novelty you think they are. I don't care how cool you think they look or how much you think you have the right to touch someone. Please, for the love of God, stop touching strangers. Stop touching people you don't know. Stop touching people who don't give you the permission to. Stop touching people who don't want to consent to you touching them. It's creepy. It's overbearing. More than anything, it's disrespectful and it's invading someone's personal space. Stop doing it. For the love of God, stop doing it. Um, with all of that being said, those were just some of like the key, like some of the most common instances and occurrences that I have to deal with and why I wanted to address them and talk about them. So more than anything, those were just some of the key and most common events and instances that I have to deal with on a daily basis. So, honestly, it's almost a daily basis. I would, I would even feel comfortable saying it's a daily basis. But in general, like that's just some of the stuff I wanted to address, some of the stuff I wanted to talk about, some of the stuff I also wanted to educate you guys on. If you happen to say this to black women, if you have to happen to ask these questions to black people or say these quote unquote compliments to black women, that's also a message to you guys, my listeners, to like stop doing that because like I said, nine times out of ten, you're doing more damage than good. You're doing more harm than good and you're not you're not helping anyone. You're mostly just annoying this black person and you're preventing them from going on through with their day as comfortably as possible. Overall, I just want to make the point that I want to be able to wear my hair how I want without being seen as a spectacle. I want to be able to wear my hair in box braids. I want to be able to wear my hair in an afro. I want to be able to wear my hair in an afro puff. I want to be able to wear my hair in a bun. I want to be able to wear my hair under a wig. I want to be able to wear my hair in twists. I want to be able to wear my hair however the hell I want to wear my hair without it being seen as something that defines me, without it being seen as something that should draw unwarranted or unwanted attention to me. I want to be, like I said, more than anything, I want to be able to wear my hair without being seen as a spectacle. Because I'm not a spectacle. I'm a human being. I'm a human being who wants to wear her hair however the hell she wants to wear it. 
And this is because I never get a break from my racialized life. White people constantly ask me, white people in my life who listen to the podcast and white people just in my everyday life who just see what I post and see how I talk, I constantly get the question of like, why does everything have to be about race? And in this circumstance, I want to turn the question around and I want to respond with, well, because all you see are my differences. All you see are the differences in my hair. All you see are the differences in how I can wear my hair, what I can do with my hair, how my hair curls, how my hair sits on top of my head. That is all you can see of me. So yes, when that's all you can see and when that's all you're willing to point out and that's all you're willing to see me as, of course everything's going to be about race because you're making everything about my differences. Like I, like I said, I, I never get a break from my racialized life. I never get to not be reminded of the fact that I'm black. I never, in this state where I, where that has a 94% white population, in a state where over nine out of every 10 people is Caucasian, I never get to not be reminded of the fact that I'm different. I never get to not be reminded of my own blackness. It is exhausting. And quite frankly, this is something that I feel like white people don't understand. I don't constantly want to be reminded of the fact that I'm black. It's exhausting, it's in some cases humiliating, and it does nothing but debilitate me and make my life and experience in this world harder. I do not want to constantly be reminded of, the, of my racialized life. I want to break from it. And the fact that I'm not able to get that, even when it comes to how I want to wear my hair, when it comes to something that brings me so much joy, when it comes to something that's so simple, and yet at the same time means so much to me, and I can't even get a break from my racialized life when it comes to that. Like, it's it's exhausting. Like, more than anything, it is exhausting. It drains me. And it does nothing but, like I said, further remind me of my own place in this world and in our society. And quite frankly, the worst part of all of this is, like, I can't sit down and say, like, oh, it's just hair. You don't have to care about it because it's just hair. Like, it's because that's an argument that non-Black people use when it comes to wearing, quote-unquote, culturally Black hairstyles that would be considered cultural appropriation is like, that's always the argument. It's like, well, it's just hair. It's not that big of a deal. It's just hair. And like, it, it's just hair to me because it's the hair that I have to live with and it's the hair that I have to take care of. And it's the hair that dates back to, you know, my ancestors in Jamaica and in Africa. It's the hair that I was given. It's the hair that defines gravity and coils and curls in ways that nobody else's on this earth does. But at the same time, it's not just hair. Because like I said, there's cultural significance, there's historical significance, and there's personal significance to the hairstyles that black women and black men choose to wear. And when white people appropriate that, and when white people, I'm saying white people even though like it's any non-black person, when any non-black person wears culturally, culturally black hairstyles, it's offensive. But I say white people because for quite frankly, white people are really the only race that does it. <laughs> I don't want to say only because again, that's not true. Like there, there are other people that do it, but white people are the most predominant race that does it more than anyone. And I want to talk about why that's offensive and I want to talk about why cultural appropriation is wrong because I know this is this is a this is a controversy every like couple of years whenever one of the Kardashians wears braids and then the entire in, like internet goes up in flames because nobody knows how to have this conversation. So I'm going to have it here and I'm going to have it now. Cultural appropriation is I'm going to I'm going to give like my own definition because quite frankly I think part of the part of the problem with it is because there's not a sufficiently black definition of it anywhere on the internet is like people just want to go off of what they what they see and people want to make their own definitions but I'm going to make my own definition now and you know this is one that kind of works for me. 
to me, cultural appropriation is someone from a different racial, ethnic, or cultural group utilizing, taking, wearing, or appropriating a cultural style of clothing, of food, of dress, of music, or of hair, and being able to wear it and call it their own while the original disadvantaged group is not able to do the same. And why I, so why, why I exclusively talk about white people in this circumstance is because white people hold the most power in socioeconomic sense in society. White people hold the most power in our American society. So when white people culturally appropriate, it tends to do so much more damage than if like, than if like a Mexican person was wearing box braids or if like, um, like a black person was wearing a kimono. Like it's it it tends to be so much more damaging when white people do those things because there is the the very skewed power dynamic that exists in our country because of it. With that definition, um, cultural appropriation can fall in the realms of like I said, it can fall in the realms of hair, which is what I'm going to talk about today. Um, in the realms of hair, when it comes to black hairstyles, you know, box braids, cornrows dreadlocks, faux dreads, twists, all of that stuff. All of those, you know, culturally black hairstyles, that would be considered cultural appropriation if someone who was non-black did it. But cultural appropriation also expands to other cultures. So I know every single Halloween we have to have a conversation about cultural appropriation, you know, where you can't, you know, wear the the sexy Native American costumes, you can't wear the sexy geisha costumes, you can't wear the sexy Mexican or like the Mexican costumes for Cinco de Mayo or Halloween or any of those holidays. Like all of that stuff is cultural appropriation too because you're taking aspects of someone else's culture and you're reducing it to a stereotype or you're reducing it to something that is seen as desirable or able to make people laugh or like a caricature. That's probably the best way I can say it is like you're reducing someone's culture to a caricature. But with all of that out of the way, like I said, we're going to ex be exclusively talking about hair today. And there are four pretty overarching reasons as to why it is wrong and offensive for white people to wear black hairstyles, for white people to culturally appropriate hairstyles that are considered to be black. And I'm going to go over them with you guys today. First reason, it doesn't have, this isn't really like a reason as to like why it's offensive, but this is a reason that would hopefully prevent you from doing something stupid and doing this. But white people, your hair is not made to hold a braid. Your hair is not made to hold a box braid or to hold a cornrow or to hold a braided or textured hairstyle. Your hair is just not made for it. I mean, think about it. Y'all can't even put your hair in a ponytail without it falling out in the next five minutes. Like I can, I can put my hair in box braids and I can, depending on how good I take care of them or how I get my hair braided, I can sometimes make, make my box braids last for up to two months. Y'all can't even make those box braids last for two days. So you're going to go to a salon and you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars on some box braids that aren't even going to last you through the end of the week. That's ridiculous. And that's a waste of your money and that's a waste of your time. So again, like I don't even know why you'd go through the trouble of doing that given that your hair won't even hold the texture or the style for one. For two, your hair is much thinner. Your follicle is much weaker than black hairs is. Your hair isn't as thick. It's not as textured and it's not as coarse, which not only means that you won't hold those styles as well, but your hair is also much more fragile. So if you get those styles and you get them too tight or you get them as tight as black people usually do, or you get the extensions, your hair will probably fall out. And I'm like I said, like I'm not even making all of this up. I've seen, I went to high school with girls who got cornrows and box braids. I went to school with people who thought that that would be a cool thing to do. I went, I literally saw these events firsthand and those things were falling out by fourth period and their hair was coming out in chunks. 
They were losing chunks of hair. They were losing more hair than I lose when I take my box braids out after two months of wear. It is ridiculous how much hair white people can lose after wearing protective styles that are predominantly for black people. So even if you don't give a shit about like the cultural significance and you don't give a shit about offending people, you should give a shit about your hair health and you should give a shit about the fact that like your hair is not made for this and you're going to do more damage to your hair than in my eyes is even worth it. Alright, the second point that I want to make kind of piggybacks off of the first one, but not really. Um, these styles are specifically made for black hair for a reason. Hence why are they are called protective styles. As I've referenced to other times in this episode, black hair is much more coarse, it is much more brittle, it is much more dry, and therefore makes it much more prone to damage. Protective styles give black hair a way to not only be less open to manipulation when we have to style our hair, it makes it less open to um, that, you know, styling, manipulation, the brushes, the products, the washing. When you go have to go through those processes much less, you're much more likely to damage and break off your hair. So when you wear a protective style, you're not only lowering the amount of manipulation that you do to your hair, but you're also allowing for it to retain more moisture, you're allowing for your hair to grow much quicker, you're allowing for your hair to grow in a much more confined and quote-unquote safe space, um, because it's not going to be able to break off the same way as it would be if you were, you know, manip manipulating it and styling it every single day. But like I said, these were made for black people for a reason. Black pe these, these styles go back into, you know, the most ancient times in Africa. King Tut had his hair twisted. Like this is, these are predominantly black hairstyles for a reason because black hair has different needs than white hair. And this isn't even, this doesn't even have to do about race. This is just about hair and the different textures that hair can hold and the different needs that those textures bring. So again, this is not... I don't even want to make this, like, I want to focus as little on race about this as possible. Like, this is, in, a, in purely a hair sense, textured hair has different needs than straight hair. Curly hair has different needs than straight hair. Even blonde hair has different needs than dark hair. Like, even blonde people need to buy specific shampoo and, you know, specific conditioner that helps retain that color for them. Like, hair has different types of needs, and protective styles is just one of the needs that textured hair has. So if you don't have textured hair, again... It's not a need for you, which, like I said in the previous point, will cause your hair more damage and will cause your hair to fall out and will cause your hair and scalp more stress. Number three, the cultural and historical significance. There are, like I just mentioned a couple seconds ago, there are cultural significances, significances tied back to ancient Africa and there are significances also tied back to slavery. I'm not going to focus too much on either of these points just because I don't want to get into a history lesson today. But like I said, you know, King Tut had his hair twisted. A lot of ancient Egyptian pharaohs, a lot of ancient Egypt Egyptian kings and queens wore twisted, wore twisted styles, wore braided hairstyles. Even a lot of, you know, the, the more ancient African royalty that was not from Egypt, they often also wore their hair in protective styles. They often wore their hairs in much similar styles and took care of them much more similarly to how black people take care of their hair today. Because again... It's the, those are just the needs of textured hair. Textured hair needs to be protected in that way. Textured hair needs to be cared for in that way. And on the flip side of this, when it comes to slavery, cornrows are actually very significant to um, slavery and its history because on, this is actually fascinating to me, I, whenever I talk about this or whenever I think about this, I'm just completely awestruck. But 
slaves in more so in South America, more so in like, you know, Argentina, Brazil, when the slave trade was so prevalent in South America, but also up here, also in North America too, also in America as well. But a lot of slaves would actually braid maps to freedom in the hair of black people. They would braid the, the trails that they would braid through the hair. Those would be trails of the Underground Railroad. Those would be trails that slaves could take to freedom. They would, they would braid maps into people's hair. They would cornrow maps into people's hair. Can you guys tell how like incredible I think this is? I think this is astonishing. And when I learned this, I was, I was so angry because I was like, why did we not learn this in school? This is absolutely incredible. And I feel it could actually help solidify. If we did learn this, I feel like it could actually help solidify the point in white people's head as to like, why this is, why this is so culturally significant to black people. But yeah, isn't, isn't that fascinating? They would braid maps into people's hair with cornrows. Like that is, that's incredible to me. I don't know if anyone else finds that as incredible as I do, but I, I find it to be freaking amazing. Um, last but certainly not least, there is an element of white privilege that comes to white women wearing black hairstyles. Because, you know, I, I want to make the point that black women are still losing jobs. Black women are still being denied jobs. Black women are still getting fired. Black women are still being subjected to racism and mistreatment and discrimination because of the protective styles that they still choose to wear their hair in. Hell, black women are still faced with all of this even when they choose to wear their natural hair. Like this, the fact that hair is still such a divisive issue in this country is why black people are still so sensitive when it comes to cultural appropriation. Because there have been dozens upon dozens of stories that I've read about black women getting fired from their job for wearing box braids, getting denied a job for wearing box braids, getting told they have to take their braids out if they want to be, you know, considered for a job opportunity. There are stories of black women getting told that they need to straighten their hair if they want to keep or get a job opportunity. Like, that's their, like, the fact that that element of society still exists while you have women like Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian who go out and wear box braids and post about it on their Instagram and shit, and they're, they're seen as revolutionary. They're seen as, oh my god, so beautiful, show-stopping, this is such a, we're turning the corner on a new trend in fashion. I remember when Kendall Jenner wore those like ugly ass faux dreads that were like a bunch of different colors. They were like pastel colors. She was walking in a fashion show and people literally called her, you know, like ground, like groundbreaking and said that, oh, this has never been done before. This is incredible. You have a, you can have a family like the Kardashian Jenner clan who does this shit and gets their hair braided and gets box braids and they're, this entire family has had cornrows be renamed boxer braids because they've completely curbed how this society looks at black hairstyles. Yet, like I said, there are still black women in this country who are being denied jobs and being fired from jobs for wearing protective hairstyles that are actually culturally significant to them. That is what bothers me. And I want to make this point that because because uh, I... I don't want anyone to be confused as to how I feel about this. I think people should be able to wear their hair however the fuck they want. I think white women should be able to wear box braids. I think white women should be able to wear cornrows. Don't get me wrong. Y'all look stupid as fuck when you do it. Y'all do not look good. You kind of look like a drowned sewer rat when you wear box braids and cornrows. I don't think y'all look good. But the fact of the matter is, it shouldn't be my place to judge you on that. It shouldn't be my place to call you out on that. I shouldn't have to call you racist or culturally appropriating. I shouldn't have to be offended when I see white women wearing braids. And quite frankly, I don't like feeling offended when I see white women wearing braids. But the fact of the matter is that racism 
discrimination and white supremacy and white privilege is still at large in this country. And that in and of itself is having a negative impact on how black women are able to express themselves and how black women are able to wear their hair. So until we get to a point in society where black women are able to wear their hair as freely, as openly, and as proudly as they want to, whether that be their natural hair, whether that be an afro, whether that be box braids, whether that be cornrows, whether that be a wig, whether that be a sew-in, whatever style a woman wants to wear with her hair, she should be able to wear it. And she shouldn't fear that she'd be not be considered for a job. She shouldn't fear that she'd be discriminated against. She wouldn't. She shouldn't fear that she'd lose her job. Because as long as black women, as long as this is still a reality for black women, white women do not have the right to wear box braids. Because if you do, you are further showcasing and exercising your white privilege in a way that is harmful for black people. And that is the point that I want to make. Because like I said, the most important point I want to make is that I don't like feeling offended when I see white women wearing braids. I don't like having to think about cultural appropriation wherever I go. I don't like having to deal with all of this. And more than anything, I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to feel like this. I shouldn't have to be exposed to this. I shouldn't have to interact with white privilege and white supremacy on a daily basis. But the fact of the matter is that I do. And until that stops, until black women in this country no longer have to do that on behalf of everyone else in this country, that is when we will be able to truly say it's just hair. And more than anything, I also want to say this, that compliments are okay when, you know, we're, go we're going back to the, the whole when it comes to interacting with black people and their hair. I want to make the point that like compliments are okay, objectification is not. And I, I have a little rule for myself and like I, I kind of touched on it earlier, but this is the little rule that I to my that I have for myself and that I kind of say to myself that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode. If you would not say it to a white woman about her hair, you should not say it to a black woman about her hair. And this isn't even a sensitivity thing. This is literally treating people the same based on their race. Because you are, by, by subjecting black women to different treatment because of how they choose to wear their hair or because of how their hair grows... You are acknowledging the differences that, that's, that this woman has because of her race. You are acknowledging the differences from you and this person because of the color of their skin. And so, if you, again, if you wouldn't say it to a white woman, if you wouldn't ask a white woman if her hair is real, if you wouldn't ask a white woman to touch her hair, if you wouldn't ask a white woman how long it took her to do her hair or how much she paid for it, don't ask those questions to a black woman. Put yourself, if you're, if you're looking at a white woman who has straight blonde hair, like straight dirty blonde hair, like the most generic hairstyle that you can think of that's just straight and basic, if you wouldn't say it to a woman who looks like her, don't say it to a woman who looks like me. That's just like the overarching point that I want to make is because like I said, you are acknowledging those differences and you're forcing the black woman that you're associating with to acknowledge those differences as well. And that's not fun for anyone. It's most certainly not fun for the black woman either. So again, just, just think before you say, like I said, compliments are okay. Objectification is not, and it will never will. And it never will be. So with all that being said, I, uh, I think this week's episode is going to come to an end. I did not mean to talk for this long. Oh my god, it's been over 50 minutes. I was like, you know what, I'll try and make this episode like 30 minutes because the last couple of weeks have been really, really long. Like, I've done like hour-long episodes the last couple of weeks. But nope, I still ended up talking for, I've, I've been now been talking and recording for 56 minutes. Like, it's, uh, uh, that's something I need to get better at is learning how to, like, restrict the amount of time I talk in each episode. But... But obviously, that's not a skill that I have the ability to practice today, so you're just going to have to live with it. All right, as always, before I wrap up this week's episode, I have to give you guys what is in my rotation this week. And what is in my rotation this week is actually 
another podcast. I know I gave you guys a podcast last week for a recommendation, and here I am with another one, but this one is really, really good though. So the podcast I'm recommending for you guys this week, the podcast that I actually just finished and has been in my rotation for the last week, is called 1619. It is created by and it is created and produced by the New York Times and it is created and produced by the New York Times and is completely centered around slavery and the the plights that black people have had to face and struggle through since slavery and how everything that we do today, everything that happens today can be led back to slavery. It is so insightful. It's genuinely probably one of the most insightful podcasts I've ever listened to. It's a limited series podcast. There's only about six episodes in it. So super quick, super quick to listen to. Um, And each of the episodes range from like 20 minutes to like 40 minutes-ish. Like they're not super long, super quick to get through. But like I said, so insightful. Obviously, a lot of the ideals center around slavery and relating it to how our current economy and country functions today. But for example, they there's an episode on the economy that slavery built. And this one, this is one that I wanted to talk about a little bit just because in this episode, they talk about how I think it was before the Civil War, like a couple decades before the Civil War in the early 1800s, slaves in this country were worth more than every single railroad and every single factory in this country combined. So the amount of slaves in this country, if you took the worth of every single slave and combined it and added it all together, the worth of slaves in this country would be worth more than if you combined every single railroad that was built or being built and if you combined every single factory that was built or being built. Isn't that crazy? And to think that generational wealth and the wealth in the racial wealth gap is still such a big issue today. It's like, it's crazy. Like we built our economy on the back of slaves. We are one of, if not the biggest economy in the world right now because of slaves. And we still have not compensated them for it to this day. And like, that's, that's what they talk about pretty much in that episode is like how intrinsically, you know, integrated slavery is with our economy, how intrinsically integrated free labor is, especially free labor at the hands of black people is to our economy and how it functions. They also talk about, you know, land and how land was stolen from black people and slaves. They talk about music and how the music industry has been entirely built around black people and slavery. Very interesting podcast, very insightful, very harrowing at times. But, you know, there were there were times when it, you know, was making me tear up because the stories were so awful or the stories were so touching and heartfelt. But there were also times when I was just sitting there just like shaking my head in in complete awe at some of the numbers that they were coming up with, at some of the numbers they were talking about, at some of the experiences they were sharing on the show. Like it was it was absolutely amazing and I wholeheartedly recommend you listen to it. And with our conversation about hair being done and out of the way, and with my what's in my rotation this week be giving it to you guys. I think this week's episode is coming to a close. You guys already know the drill. If you enjoyed this week's episode, if you learned something from this week's episode, or you think someone else could learn something from this episode, please feel free to follow and subscribe for weekly episodes that come out every Sunday. Also, share it with someone who you also think could learn something from this episode, or who you think could find this podcast to be insightful and educational. If you want more content from me, also feel free to follow me on all of my social medias. All of my handles are just at Jalen Tully. Remember, Black people are not here to assuage your white guilt. Black people are not here to help you through your ignorance. And Black people are certainly not here to allow for you to ogle at them like they're an animal in a zoo. 
respect black people, respect black women, regardless of how they choose to wear their hair. But more than anything, always be sure to leave this episode and every episode ready to educate often, learn freely, and always love equally. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will talk to you next week.